Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey, welcome to Dr. Who Podcast, everybody. We appreciate you all being here and supporting the people that support us. And uh, do check out some of the other stuff over drwho.com and drwho.tv. But I'm going to get right to my guest. Uh, help is on the way. It's Courtney Wayne. The subtitle is Stay Up and Live Your Truth. Uh, Courtney, thank you for joining me. Oh, yeah, it's country. I'm, I'm sorry country. I, you know what? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked someone, is it country spelled in country? Because I'm going to say Courtney, and then I did. So there you go. Yeah, a lot country of people Wayne. say that when they see me in public. They'd be like, Courtney Wayne. I'm like, no, nah, it's country Wayne. Yeah, I, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. It's literally a little mini dyslexia. It's like your, your brain sees the K-O-U and just automatically says, Courtney, there it is. So I, this book is very interesting to me, and it, it, it's timely. And I don't want to give too much of the, you know, the story of the book away, but I can't resist to ask you to at least kind of tell your story here. Oh, well, you know, I come from a small town called Millen, Georgia. Um, grew up in poverty. Um, I lost my mom at a young age. And through all those circumstances, I had to figure out how to still get to where I'm at now um, through all through all that trauma and things and still be a positive person in the end. So, you know, I came from came from a small town, had to did a lot of things to get to where I'm at, but I found my way along the way. I had nightclubs. I was a hustler. I had to figure it out. There was no excuses because excuses just don't matter to anyone. So it's a lot of things I had to learn and I still apply to today, but you know, just one of those rags to riches stories. I, I've got a million questions. I just think you, I've got another friend of mine, a guy named Anthony Brown, that was a homeless guy, drug addict, in prison a million times. Now he's a nurse. He's a nurse manager. He runs a big hospital. The guy's freaking amazing. And I just keep pushing him out there and please tell your story. People think they know what these things are. You know what, you know what this is. You lived it. You got people have to learn from you. What are they going to learn from the white guy in a box? Like, give me a break. But you, you've been there. People are drawn into your story. You have a way of telling the story. That's very, obviously very effective. But the most important thing is that you you've lived it. You've managed it. You've come through it and you can look back and help other people that might be in varying stages of these things, which frankly, these days is pretty much all of us, but maybe not as extreme, right? Not extreme like you had to go through, but there, there's so much, I just sort of look at it as kind of spiritual emptiness in this country, but it's, it's all in that same kind of zone. But I want to drill in a little bit on hustle first, because one of the things you say in the book is the difference between uh, hustle and what was the other thing you said? Hustle and sort of uh, go getter. It's a different go getter. Yeah. What's because I want to I want to dissect hustle a little bit because what there's a lot in there. <laughs> a lot in there. Uh, the yeah. way you said hustle to me just sounds like somebody's working hard and pushing through and doing whatever they got to do. But there's more that could happen, right? Yes. Um, a a go getter is a person who will do everything a person tells them to do. They'll they'll do the job. They'll go get it. They'll go make it happen. But a hustler have to get it, have to create that, make that biscuit from scratch. It's mm. like, you have to see the vision. You have to, you have to have, you have to, you have to see the vision. Then you have to go through every step and you willing to go through every step to make this vision real. So a hustler don't go through the part that everybody quite don't feel like going, uh, going through. It's to create, it's the creativity part and yeah. get go out there and apply the go getting method after the hustle. So a hustler, just a person, don't matter what, you could throw them in the water, they're going to come out with a shark, you know, uh, but then a hustler get out the water and create a net. It'll create a system for a go-getter to go get it from now on while the hustler go create other systems. So a hustler is a person like, I use Albert Einstein as an example. He's definitely a hustler to sit up there and come up with an equation and a formula and and test it out time after time again. It's like the pre-production of things. So th- this this is a person that I would want to be around, right? I want to I want to support that person. I want to be. How do I know? How do I know that when I see it? Because it can be a lot of other things that look like that when you catch it along the way, right? 
Mm-hmm. How do uh, I know it's a hustler, your kind of hustler, as okay. opposed to a kind that really doesn't care about the consequence? There's certain hustlers that don't seem to care about their the consequences of what they're doing on other people so much. Yours is specifically for other people. So how, how do I know the difference when I'm in the middle of it? Um, from its fruit, from the fruit on the tree. You know, every every apple tree probably grow apples, but um, you don't want the apples with the thorns in it or worms all in it. So from its fruit of a hustler, just look at the person or the people around them mm. and, um, and how they treating them and how the go-getters around them are being treated. And you know you're around the right people um, by the, from the fruit of their tree. And. And to kind of do you have sort of specific suggestions and steps and how you did it? And I, I want to drill a little more into your, your, you know, your, where you started from was, was there oftentimes when people have a positive trajectory, they kind of have a, like a moment of clarity. They have a moment where they go, Oh no, 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 I, I gotta, I gotta get it together. And, and it may look insurmountable, but they just start. Did you have that kind of a moment? Oh yeah. I have that moment plenty of times. Yeah. Um, you kind of know it's like a feeling of nobody's not going to stop you. Nobody's not going to help you either. So mm-hmm. you like, I got this. If I'm doing something wrong, I got to stop while I'm ahead. If I'm, if I got a positive idea, I have to be the one to initiate it. There's, there's nobody coming, but that yeah. thing in you is always the help is on the way. So I have that. I have that all the time. Even to this day, it's like, I got to get it done. I got to initiate it. You mentioned trauma, though. Trauma really holds people back, right? Mm -hmm. They're dysregulated. They're trying to feel better. They don't know why they feel so shitty. And they don't really think about the things they've been through because that's kind of the way trauma is. They kind of want to get past it. You want to like, oh, it doesn't bother me anymore. I got past that. But it it leaves an imprint on your body, on your emotional system. How did you deal with all that? Well, I, I dealt with it by facing it. You know, I never had an escape route because, you know, I stayed sober because I seen my mother, my father, my family um, do drugs. So I was like, that was an escape from it. Hmm. When you're young and you got your faith at a young age, that's your strongest faith when you're young because you don't know the no's and how's of life to put the fear in you. So that's the time to really just, you know, I faced a lot of it. And, and once I realized it didn't kill me, whatever don't kill you, just don't kill you. Like I say in the book, a lot of people say, what don't kill you make you stronger. But I'd be like, if it didn't kill you, it didn't kill you. So, <laughs> so that's about all you could say about it. <laughs> it just didn't kill you. <laughs> so, yeah. So if I faced it and I was able to walk out on the other side of it and smile, I stopped, I stopped fearing my traumas and things that happened to me or what could happen to me. Do you agree that a lot of people are sort of stuck in this sort of trauma position you know where they constantly there's a famous book called the body remembers the score which is simply that if when you've been traumatized you're like constantly traumatized and when you're constantly in that state of traumatic reenactment you feel like a victim you feel like shit's happening to you that you can't control do you have does the book help people with that kind of a feeling pull out of it a little bit yes um it does because i seen it in my sisters after our mom passed they were still stuck they still stuck in that happening. They haven't moved on. And after they read my book, it was like it helped them. Mm. Because I, I've moved on from a lot of things. And I think people are still stuck in that pain that they went through and they feel yes. like it's still happening. So yes. it puts them in a stage of paralysis. Yeah. So I tell people every day, I went on Good Morning America and I told them, I say, listen here, uh, we're all on the way to the grave anyway. Tomorrow, what happened yesterday, let it go. Forgive your parents. Forgive everything. Whatever happened, you can't do nothing about it. And when you move forward, you realize, okay, that did happen to me. But it's over with. But I think a lot of people are stuck in that stage, man. Well, you're, you're bringing up a really interesting thing is when you do move, you literally move away from it. You can look back at it. You're not in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, Oh, my mother was a drug addict and she was trying to deal with her traumas and she didn't know what she was. She was doing the best she could, but it's, you're not, it's forgiveness. It doesn't make it okay, but you can still forgive, right? You can say, cause I had some trauma in my past too. And I feel like, yeah, I totally understand. I completely forgive. Not, not, not okay. It's not, it's not okay. If people yeah. do that to kids. It's not okay. But I can forgive that person given that I, I just have to be in that person's sphere of influence when they were dealing with their shit. And uh, not okay, but you can forgive. 
For sure. Definitely. Um, definitely. That's the thing, because if you got a lot of trauma, some kind of way, when you connect to people, you're going to find a way to put that trauma on them, not even knowing they, they're going to feel it also. Yeah. So free people, free people, uh, people in, who's not free. We'll don't. talk about that. You're talking about something very profound. I've never seen, heard a non-clinical person bring this up so quick, quickly, so easily. But when you're in the trauma, what happens? What, what do you do to other people? You you bring it you bring it to them. It's like a connection. It's like a bad virus that don't matter who you connect to, whether it's relationship, whether it's business, they're going to pay. You're going to make them pay for the trauma you've been through, or you're going to make them re-traumatize you. Exactly. You you, re, you either you either get into a reenactment, you become the the victim or the traumatizer. You're exactly some version of that reenactment. Some and, some, and so some version of that. I feel like this whole country is in something like that right now. Oh, of course, this, this whole country. country. Well, of course, but I don't think people understand that's what's going on. Oh, man. Even in my hometown, you know, um, um, people let racism hold them back. And I was the only one that could go to either race of, of people. I was always the one that people just related to more because whatever. I'm like, I can't do nothing about that. But I'm like, if something happened so bad in the past, I know something in the future got to happen so good to make up for that. I had this positive mindset. So it's just like a lot of people are stuck, whether it's relationship, whether it's violence, whether it's what's going on in this country, people have their own traumas and nobody never listens to nobody else. They don't listen to the other person's side of the story. Yeah. So they don't know what other people are going through. Everybody just like, I went through this. I want you to, you must feel like this because I went through this, but what, yeah. how do you yeah. know how, how I feel about doing it? How, you don't know what I'm going through. So I think this whole world, that's the problem. That is the problem. That's why I was, I'm glad to see books like yours come along because I, I don't, I, I feel like this will help individuals who are stuck in it. I, I'm always trying to figure out how we deal with the, the large sort of uh, trends, you know, the winds that are blowing right now. Uh, I, except, I guess, to have conversations like this that people kind of stop and think about it. They, they get so, they have so many great mechanisms, though, to act this shit out you know, social media and all this. And, and and it's, and it's so gratifying when they do it, but it's not, it's gratifying in the way that heroin is gratifying though. You know what I mean? It's what you're talking about when you stop and step out of it and look at other people's stuff that is nourishing that, that, that makes you feel something called gratitude in addition to forgiveness. When you're in that sort of acting out phase of trauma, you're just feeling sort of, um, this weird like gratification it's almost like eating a you know butterfinger bar or something it's just you know or again the heroin is really the, the yeah, model exactly. yeah according to the epa indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor that's right nine out of ten people breathe air that exceeds the world health organization pollution limits and, of course, the number one allergy trigger is airborne allergens, such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold. Well, I'm happy to tell you about an air purifier that has captured the attention of established media, such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor, it filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens. 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses are filtered. Allergens, of course, can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns. Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns. Air Doctor 5000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 1,001 plus square foot room four times an hour. And it features whisper jet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans found in ordinary air purifiers. We put it right by our TV. It's in a large room. And I sneeze every time I sit down at the TV unless I have the Air Doctor going. In which case, A, I don't notice the sound. doesn't interfere with me listening to the TV at all. And very quickly, I am no longer sneezing or rubbing my nose. Air Doctor comes with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for refund minus the shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com, use promo code DREW, and depending on the model, you receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O, airdoctorpro.com, and use that promo code DREW. So I think it's through, I think it's through love, man. I think humans have to really love each other. Well, love, you know, it's funny. That's really you're you're saying such interesting stuff. Love 
used to get into the conversation, like back in the sixties and seventies in, I, I always thought it felt empty. You know, the Beatles were always talking about it and, you know, and it, it always felt very, um, superficial. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're talking about something profound <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, and I think maybe we need to help people get a deeper understanding of what that is. So what is it for you? Love for one is first loving oneself. And I'm going to push back on you and say, I, I need to know what it is you're doing with yourself. when you say that, because I, I have a sneaking suspicion that embedded in your sense of it is some sort of spiritual something. Yes. It's, 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 me wanting to be the best version of me for the ones I do love. Ah, that's that's very specific. That's so, very specific. Yeah. What for you to bless your kids, right? You have to fill your bank account up. You have to yeah. find something for you first. So love works the same way. You can never love somebody more than you love yourself. So in a way, and I'm sorry to kind of parse this out, but I, I'm I'm this is my own history being acted out here where I used to when I was like a teenager and I hear love, 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 and I'm like Meh. What are you talking about? So we're going to decide, we're going to talk more about what it is. You're talking about living a certain kind of life for and with other people. Yes, for sure. Uh, knowing where you're at and just loving, loving yourself because you're a human. I'm a human. Mm. I'm a love a human, another human, exactly how I love myself. And it's because you only, you only can, you're going to treat people how you treat yourself. Mm. I just feel like love is the answer, man. Because if I love you, like even when Jesus said in the Bible, when he came, he says on the first two laws that you got to put God first and love thy neighbor. If you do those two, you're still not going to be imperfect, but you won't do something so bad. That's why he made those two laws, the main one. Cause if I love you, certain things I'm not going to do. We might have disagreements. We might argue, but when it come down into the core of this, you as a human being, it's certain things I'm just not going to do that's going to be so detrimental that it'll ruin your well-being of the people who connect to you. So I think loving yourself, um, us being human, when you see another human, you're truly going to have love. It's, it's, and I, I, I agree with you, except, uh, I mean, you and I agree on that, but there are a lot of people that don't really quite understand what that is and so don't know that what they don't know. You know, They don't know that they're not in it. They think they're in it. And so I have a feeling in your sense of things, that first step would be an important part. You mentioned there's two steps, right? We didn't talk about the first step. So how do people get to the first step, whatever that is for them? Oh, that's your health and everything. That first step is yourself. We know we got to drink water. It's simple. It's think, well, think you mentioned like, Jesus. You said Jesus is, is a Oh, part yeah. Of Jesus is definitely. Jesus is definitely. See, I, I think that's a really significant thing for you. And I, and I think you, oh, yeah, so much a part of you, I don't think you realize how important that is. Most people <laughs> don't have things like that. So yeah, talk Jesus. Talk to me about what that is for you and what it's been. Jesus, um, after I read about Jesus and I learned about Jesus, I realized he was everything. And when even was for that? people who don't believe in Jesus. How old were you? How old oh, were you? I was, I was six years old when I heard about him, when I knew I had a relationship, but I was 26 when I read about him. Okay. I was 20. Matter of fact, I was 24 when I picked up the Bible in 2012. I was 24 years old and I never stopped. I've read the Bible seven times. I'm on my eighth trip. I read it from the beginning to the end. I don't skip a page. I read it every night before 12 o'clock. Did you read the, the gospel or, or both old and new? I, I read old and new. I read the oh name. Oh my god! That's I read a lot of reading very dense material. Yeah, I read. I read, I, and every time I finish, I start from the beginning again. Good for you. And I read it all the way through. So, so I've always said, you know, and and not to be sort of foolish or superficial about this, but I've always said. You know, whatever scripture you pick, it's it's generally all there. It's generally everything you need is there. Yeah. And so uh, I'm guessing, and, and certainly you can pull out of it what's really specific for you and your life. I'm guessing you have some highlights. Oh, yes, man. I've seen it was Jesus who got me out of the streets. It was Jesus who allowed me to get to where I'm at through the way. How do you do it? How, well, and you did it. It's your relationship with this higher power thing. And and I've seen this over and over again. And I'm a, because I'm a scientist, I, I try not to get into it too much, mm-hmm. but I've seen the magic of spirituality for humans. So what, what was it for you? What did he do for you? It's like trying a brand that's so popular, but then you try it and it works for you. Mm. 
So I heard it growing up, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Then I really started to believe and I never gave nothing else another chance to, I never tried to believe in nothing else. And I've seen this thing I believe in, this person I believed in, through my circumstances, I always override wherever I was at, whether it was finances, whether it was my health, whether it was me beating poverty, whether it was me getting in this industry in a way that I don't need it, the industry. I've seen it work so much for me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is real. I even seen the name of Jesus so powerful. I remember I was on a plane. I was on a first class flight. And you know how you get sleeping. I let the seat back, but the lady was watching TV and she said it in a negative way. She was like, Jesus, but it was so <laughs> profound. I still let the seat up because even in a in a in a her saying it in an angry way, it was so much power in the name of Jesus. And the miracles I've touched in my life, what I put in a book, I was able to get bank loans with 500 credit scores. Don't matter. I remember I had a I had a criminal record for something I did. And I went to apply for a nightclub. I had to get the liquor license. It it literally had, um, it, my record was clear. And it said it was another guy on there named Dwayne Coley that you need to stay away from. I've seen my all these kids I have for God to take a situation out of lust and turn it into something beautiful. All my kids stay around me. We, my first son who's graduated, he's going to college. They're, they're good-hearted children. And I'm like, this Jesus works. It's like, this product works. Try this. And I tried it from the beginning, and I seen my family members waver. They trying other things, but they like to go like this. And mine was always, no matter what I went through. So I just be ready to share that. That's the main, that's the main thing that I always want to share to people, man. It's really Jesus. It's really the message. Well, I, I sense that was sort of a, a very significant underlying buttress for you structure for you uh, back to the reading of the bible what what were some of what are some of the standout are there certain phrases certain sentences that you call upon or you find meaning in your own life or you keep reading over and over again there's, it, there's so many interesting aphoristic things in the bible man it's the stories man it's the story of joseph all those stories of how joseph's brother sold him to slavery but he ended up being at the top of pharaoh's a kingdom and and his brothers had it and they'll come to him needing him. And he told them, don't feel bad because if it wasn't for y'all doing what y'all did, I wouldn't be where I am now. If it wasn't for um, David and the, the story about how he took that rock and, and, and got the giant Goliath that everybody was scared to go over there and get. And I, and, and it's like, cause you apply that to your life. Like in Hollywood, I feel like Hollywood is the Goliath. And the way I came up using my cell phone is a rock. I record on my cell phone. So you apply those stories. Daniel in the lion's den. Um, all these stories. Uh, Samson, when, when his girl kept nagging him and through nagging, he eventually told her a secret. It showed me how strong when a woman really wants something out of you. Even if you know you're going to get a, a nagging. When she nagged, it, you know, I learned so much because these stories were so similar to everyday life. Solomon. When he asked God, asked him what he wanted, he said wisdom, and God gave him all the wealth because his heart had to be different for him to ask for just wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. So, and and to hear Solomon say, "Don't nothing, try to be too holy, don't be too wicked, stay somewhere in the middle." It's like this man with all this money and wisdom understood. He said, "If when you learn, when you start to feel good, just getting something good to eat and something good to drink, that's when you found life." I started seeing my life getting closer and closer to these moments in these stories. And it's so many stories in the Bible and they all relatively say the same thing. The only thing God ever punished everybody for was auditory, idolizing something that wasn't him. Mm. So that's why I push so strong what I believe in. I don't idolize money. I don't idolize things. They could take it all away. They could take the fame, but they can't take my faith. And that's, that's the main thing that I wanted to yeah, if, if faith is, you know, I, I have been working, obviously, with drug addicts much of my career, and hope, faith, service, gratitude, forgiveness, these things come up over and over and over again in people that are really struggling with uh, difficult drug addictions or mental health stuff or spiritual vacuums. Th those, are the, those are the concepts that get them out, and uh, you kind of have to come to it on your own and your own terms, each of these things. Uh, but it is other people that get you there. It's others. 
uh, almost without exception. You need something. It's interesting to me. I've noticed a lot of Solomon quotes coming up these days. Do you think his story is specifically or especially pertinent to our present moment? Like we need another Solomon or something, or we need the wisdom of Solomon to get through this. I've just noticed people quoting him a lot where I, or maybe my, maybe it just caught my brain because uh, it seemed relevant. Yeah, well, we're, we're close to a recession or we're in a recession. So, you know, Solomon was the most wealthiest man ever. And God said there would never be a man as wealthy as Solomon. But Solomon had so much wisdom. And I think that's what people um are in need of right now. They really want to know how. Because we got ourselves in a bind. And I think people now are um in that moment of, how for real. I need the real answer right now because it's not a joke. Things are not... Things are in a, we just went through, the country just went through something, you know, tragic. And now uh, we, we seeing some of the, the films of that moment. And I think people right now are in need of wisdom. It's like, how do I do this for real? Well, here's a really interesting quote of his that uh, sort of piggybacks on what you were saying about us having gone through something. A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity or in adversity. And that's maybe we how we ought to look at each other with what we've been through rather than, you know, the acrimony that we've been allowing to to take over. Ugh. Yeah. Definitely. Do not rebuke mockers. They will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. That's this is good stuff. <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah. I, stuff is quite, it's just caught my attention lately. And, I, and I, it's so interesting to me how these, these stories from thousands of years ago, humans just don't change that much. Nah. Nothing's nothing's really changed. You know, we all got the quote that our grandmothers told us uh, there's nothing new under the sun, but in our youth it says in the Bible, that's when we think we can change the world. Yeah. We I know. We can change. And before I picked up the Bible, I was the only one that would listen to my aunts, my grandmas, and my uncles and my dad mm-hmm. and my mom. I was the one that asked certain questions. My my mom told us. My mom, my auntie told her, Auntie Wanda, she said, y'all never pick up drugs. She said, not even marijuana. She said, because it's a gateway drug. She said, don't even drink. She said, because it's a gateway to other things. My sisters judged them so much. They were like, uh, we just stronger than y'all. And now. Oh, boy. <laughs> they're not on it. They just drink. They just drink. Right. But they come up with a lot of situations to drink. Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, you about to get hired. Hold up. We they come up with it. So they come up with a scapegoat to do that. No, there's always a reason they drink. They try they try not to be an addict. They try not to be an addict. It's, uh, it's it's reasonless. It's because we have a birthday. It's because I got a job. It's because I lost a job. It's because yes. I, I'm mad at somebody. There's always a reason. It's always a good reason to drink. Yes. Uh same same thing with using drugs. Same deal. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform that is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite growth. Shopify gives you complete control. And thanks to the 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. It's incredible that no matter how big your business may grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize that business. Now it is your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash drew. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash drew to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Drew. The other thing in your book is you you talk a lot about kind of living your own, your authentic self really is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think people really have trouble with that these days. I, I've noticed that a lot of the books, the motivational stuff these days, is like live your truth, find your truth, you know, see where you are now. And that is not an easy task for people, I don't think. Nah, because when you truly be yourself, you're going to get judged, but you're going to get judged anyway. But when you're truly yourself, you, you're in your most controllable state. You're mm-hmm. in your most, this way I'm really at. It's you're like, free. you're free. Yeah. You're free because you're going to live everything to in, real, in a realistic form. Like yeah. 
If I got $1,000 in my bank account and my bills are 800, I know I only got 200 to play with. So I'm, I'm happy in my state. I'm like, I got to sit home all this month. But when you're not, when you're somebody else, now you're doing everything every day to try to keep that character alive. Yeah. It's like being on set of a movie every day. And, and that's going to cause health problems because it's going to take energy from your body and energy heals your body. So if you use the energy to do things that are necessary, now the energy that was supposed to heal you, now you got to take medicine to replace that energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you yourself, you're more, you're where marijuana gets you at. People do drugs to get to a certain person, a mellow. But if you are organically yourself, you're like magic because it's like being in a dream. And now you can really punch for real instead of being in a dream and swinging and you feel like you're in the air. But you want to be really um, like in control. So talk to me about comedy. When did that hit for you? Oh, comedy. I started 2014. I put up a video uh, when you have to fake like you like your girlfriend's cooking. <laughs> and, but hang on a second. You must have been doing comedy before that. Nah. No? I was always funny in school. Uh, That's what I'm saying. You must have made people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was always, I used to use comedy to get out of everything and get into a lot of things. Comedy was always my easiest thing I knew how to do. I knew how to make people laugh. When did you first notice that? When I was young. When I, I when I was young, I used to notice that my mom, I used to have her, her and all my uncles and her friends laughing and entertaining. Then teachers, I used to be um, some kind, sometimes trouble in school, especially my elementary days. And the teachers used to always just end up laughing, man. They used to laugh so hard, and I knew I I knew what I was doing, and it just worked every time. Coming is the only thing in my life that I done the easiest. And it's the only person that the whole world agrees on that that comedy me because that's the real me. But I had to be certain people to survive in certain circumstances. But the country Wayne, the comedy Wayne, it was the one that everybody, whether whether white, black, young, old, that guy is the one that worked for me in everything that I've done. It, it sounds like it had two functions for you. One was to disarm authority figures. Keep them, you know, kind of under your control a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense, it's kind of flipped the power dynamic. Um, were you manipulating them, do you think? Or were you just sort of getting a, you know, positioning yourself in a better light? I, I, use, it, I use it for manipulation to get out of things a lot. Okay. Like, like you say, um, when I was in the streets, uh, the authorities never really bothered me because to a certain extent, because... I was, I, I, was, I was, yeah, I wasn't the guy they wanted. They didn't want to see me locked up a lot yeah. of the, the yeah. doors. I wasn't the guy, man. It was like, it, 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 it always worked. Even with my probation officer, even when in school, the teachers used to let me cheat. Uh, everybody. It sort of, it sort of I, I'm glad it ended up good, but it's, they sort of enabled you along the way. Yeah. It, it enabled me to, uh, to a certain to a certain degree, but in reality, I always knew the world wasn't like that because mm. I seen things happen to my mothers and my father and my family. So I still was in a realistic state of mind. Mm. I used it, but at the same time, I knew in reality the world wasn't like that because it didn't work on everybody. It's interesting, though. I think a lot of people start to believe that that is what people are about. That's what they're about. That's what the world is about. And it's all about kind of manipulating and hustling. And that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? But I knew, I knew in the long run, it that wasn't going to work outside of certain situations. Did you that's have, other than the, other than your spiritual sort of guide, was there someone in your life that, you know, settled your kind of compass, you know, like, like you got it so you could understand that this wasn't all the real world. Isn't going to work like this. Was somebody in your life important in setting that up for you? Or you just, Came to it on your own, man. My family was without them knowing it. They were they weren't telling me directly, but me watching them. My mom was charismatic. My dad was charismatic. My uncles were charismatic, and life still took a hold on them. Mm. So I learned, a smart man learned from his own mistakes. Mm. A wise man learned from the mistake of others. Mm-hmm. So they actions speak louder than words. So them telling me is not as strong as um, me seeing it. 
Yeah, I, I can imagine that, that it, 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 not everyone learns from it. Again, they feel victimized by it and then have a whole different kind of experience with it. I'm, I'm glad you learned from it. So you, so early on, it, 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 it served you. When, when did you think of it as something you could do, you know, professionally, do as a career? And when I went viral, I knew that one video, that one video, I gained 2000 followers and I told my brother we're famous because I knew from that day because help was on the way. I was looking for something my whole life and I thought it was going to be music. But as soon as the comedy flipped, I knew this was it. I like, oh, because I could do this easier and I could keep this coin and it fits me more anyway because I'm really a positive guy. Yeah. So I don't have to be a character at all. I could be country Wayne. And um, I, I knew from that day I was going to be comedy was going to be it. And, and yet that, that, you know, doing a viral funny video like that, it's not stand up. Stand up is a discipline. You got to do a lot and you got to work at it. And, and did you have any sort of, did you run headlong into that problem? <laughs> Cause a lot oh. of people yeah, think they're going to get up and be funny. It's like, uh, takes a, a lot of, a lot of dying up there before you're funny. I stayed away from it for a long time. I stayed away from it for a year and a half. I, they were offering me gigs. I wouldn't take them. No, it was like about seven months. I stayed away. Meaning stand up gigs. Stand up gigs. Yeah. They were offering me, but I was wise enough to know I couldn't just go on stage just because I put up a funny skit. Yeah. So, yeah. So what'd you do? What I did, I started hosting first. Smart. I started hosting, bringing other comedians out. And oh, then that's smart. started in May 2015. And by July 2015, I had like 40 minutes on stage. Mm-hmm. Talk to people about that because I don't think people understand how hard you have to work to get a a, a, a you know firm forty mm-hmm. a, a set of forty minutes that's you know worked. You've had to work it a lot. You had to work it a lot, and to be honest, I didn't even work it that long. I just had to get rid of all the distractions at home. I got rid of all my girlfriends. <laughs> I got rid of um. Like things that were distracting, man. I had to really focus in on it. I had to really make it my life to get good expeditiously because I had already got a name for myself. So I had to catch up my skill set with my name. So that takes a lot of work. Stand up is the hardest art in the world. And a lot of people agree to go out there with no beat behind you, with no song. Um, And that takes a lot of grit, grind, and repetition. And I was just up for the challenge. That's so funny. How how old were you when that was all going on? I was twenty six. I was twenty eight. Yeah, it's right. It's right when males kind of get their shit together right around there, usually mm-hmm. one way or another. And and I think COVID and the lockdown really um, delayed a, a lot of people in that age group because it just knocked it just knocked the feet out from under them. There's nothing they could do for four years. And we're only just now trying to figure our way back. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that one hundred percent. At 27 age is a lot of, I see a lot of men start to kind of catch gears around that time. And COVID, like you say, COVID definitely knocked the feet out of a lot of them. Yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It was so predictable too. I mean, you knew, you knew shutting the world down is not going to have a consequence. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. I mean, there's a reason we punish people with solitary confinement because it's (laughs) humans need that more than anything. And then we are told, oh, just shelter in place for a couple of years. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Assholes. <laughs> what what's coming up? What's driving you now? What do you what's in your comedy? What's interesting you? Um, I got a Netflix special on filming um next week. I mean in two weeks from now. And the most thing now is doing these movies and partnering with studios and with my own ideas, my own money also. They don't even know I'm partnering with them yet. So I'm I'm utilizing what I put in the book. It's producers that I'm linking up with. It's actors that I'm linking up with that don't know that I'm linking up with them soon. But that's my plan to put these ideas I have and, and, and be like the Steven Spielberg of this generation. I see these movies. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going Com- to comedy do- films. No, not just comedy. Most of it have comedy in it because that's the core of me. Mm. Um, comedy. I got deeper movies in me more than comedy that got met real deep messages, but are good at the same time. And these ideas are coming in me. Have you written them yet? Huh? Have you written them? Have you written the scripts or? Oh yeah. One of them I've written and the other of them I have the stories in my mind. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I pay writers to. You, you know, Don't pay writers. You can get chat GPT to do it now. 
Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously, and you can just go rework it yourself once they lay out the. I heard about that. Like, how does that work? Somebody told me about that yesterday. You should try. I've I've heard people having really interesting experiences oh. with it. It's not not that, not that you should turn that in as the finished product, but it's a way of creating a framework and dialogue that that might be take months or years on your own. So they create industry. the dialogue. I'm telling you. So you talk to it, and it creates the dialogue also. Yeah, everything. Move, yes. move, yeah. Just you can and you can even say you know create this scene and create a scene between you know character a and character b and the style of you know, francis ford coppola in this scene in the godfather you know and then and just do it boom here it comes <laughs> wow man. what's the what's the name of it again somebody just told me about this chat gpt chat gpt man that's a that's <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy. And it, it feels like cheating, but I, I feel like it's not cheating any more than it would be cheating if you worked with a writer and then you put your own stuff on top of it. You know, you've made it your own after you saw the framework that the writer put together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it's just really an interesting time to be using these instruments, as it seems to me. That's one of the most interesting ones we've ever seen there, though. Like, well, it's getting to be. It's getting there. We'll, we'll see if it really bears fruit the way the way it might but it's uh, fascinating nonetheless. Uh, yeah, it, it's people are going to, my, my wife wrote some, um, we, I had to read some, you know, copy for some advertisement and she just said, chat GPT, do it. And it was like, oh my God, it's exactly right. It was perfect. <laughs> I said, did you, I asked her, I was like, did you write this? And I go, no, chat GPT wrote it. <laughs> wow. So is it an app? Uh, you know, I don't even know how, I think it's a site. I, I don't even know. I got to tell you, country. I, I've got to be honest. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, it, I think it's a site you go to and, uh, I, and I have no skill with using, I've never tried it. I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to, but people are doing it with a lot of interesting uh, results. But they, whenever you say hire a writer, I think to myself, well, you could do that too, but then you can try this also see what it comes up with. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know, but I may be talking out of my ass completely. There might, we well, might. I've heard I heard this multiple times. Yesterday, somebody yeah, just... Yeah, there, there might be. I mean, it's, when people hear this podcast, they might just blow up on Twitter and tell me I'm an asshole. But but I, I it seems like it's worth a try. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I mean, the tool's there. Well, why not use a tool if it's around? <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And of course, I'm a fan of therapy. I've been a patient in therapy myself, and I've been referring patients, family, friends to BetterHelp. I've been very pleased with the professional services provided by BetterHelp. And you know, you can get caught up in what everybody else needs from you, but it's important to have somebody else in your corner. So when you feel depleted, they can help support you, set boundaries. Therapy can give you tools to find more balance. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And again, the idea of stigma can no longer be an excuse for you not to get therapy. It's entirely online. You don't have to run into anybody. You don't have to even see anybody. You certainly aren't going to run into somebody in a waiting room. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drew today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drew. Pick up that glass of Pinot Grigio, your drink of choice, and come have some fun with us on Turtle Time. We're going to do more than just drink and party on this podcast, Mom. I know, I know. Okay, if you don't know who I am, well, I'm Ramona Singer, and that's my daughter, Avery. And you probably know us best from the Real Housewives of New York. And now you'll get to know us even better on our podcast, Turtle Time. Let's make more iconic moments together every Wednesday. It's Turtle Time. Follow, rate, and review now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So this is fascinating stuff. The book again is help is on the way. Stay up and live your truth. Talk to me about stay up for a second too. We haven't talked about that before we wrap things up. That's one of the main lessons in the book. Uh, Through everything in life, whether it's business, relationships, stay up, man. Stay the best version that you can be because then you have the most leverage. It's like in a relationship, it's hard to get your heart broke if you're up. And that's not just financial. Most people- Tell me more and more because there's something in here. Stay up means what? Stay up me, be the it's best not, person. Well, because uh, I think people hear stay up and they think, oh, be positive. I'm going to think. Uh, no, nah, nah, stay up me, 
let's let's be I'm gonna be real tangible here so people can understand. You're like square up, really. Square up. Yeah. Be the best version of you. Drink your water. Yeah. Drink enough water. Eat your vegetables. Yeah, Eat yeah, some yeah. money. Yeah. Work hard. Wake up to go to work. Stop playing. Stay up. So that means when things happen to you in life, you have leverage. If you got a job, save your money. So if they do fire you, you won't be so detrimental hurt. It's yeah. like staying up. Yeah. You, can, you can't control everything, but you can control certain things. Like you could drink enough water. That changes a lot. Uh, people don't know when you drink alcohol, the reason why it feels good because it's dehydrating. Mm-hmm. So, and when you make decisions on alcohol, it's the same way of being not drinking too much enough water. A dehydrated idea don't run forever. That's because it's dehydrated. Drink a lot of water and see how the ideas you come up with be more longstanding and even in your future, whether it's buying real estate or whatever. It's simple things. Stay up. You can't control everything, but you can drink enough water. You can take care of yourself. You can read. And that way, when things happen to you, it's going to hurt. But it hurt a little different. It, you know, when a family member leave here, it hurts. Especially they don't have life insurance. But if they if they leave $10 million back, it's still going to hurt. But it's like, you know, them tears wipe away a little faster. So it's- <laughs> With the $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> but but your point is is something, again, I only have my own experience to, to fall back on. But. You know, we're always saying hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those are the things you got to attend to. Get adequate sleep, get adequate exercise, proper nutrition and fluids. This this is where it starts. Make your bed. You know, there's this whole there's this whole happiness literature out there. And I'm I saw a woman that interviewed a whole she was had interviewed all these happiness experts, and she said amongst them the one most common uh, sort of recommendation when she said, you know, "Where should people start when they when they're looking for happiness?" And the most common recommendation was make your bed. Just make your damn bed. Clean your room up. I tell my sons that all the time. I say, if y'all fold your clothes at home and, and put your socks up when you get on the court, you'll do every detail thing. And and that's what people don't know. That's why I went vegan. That's why I drink enough water. I get enough rest. I don't party because when I walk in the room and I see people doing certain things in the industry, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to pass them. Yeah. I know I am. There's no way this person doing that is about to beat me. So yeah. it's good competition. It's not, I'm not trying to tear nobody down, but when you walk in the room, you want to be able to be up. Like when I walk into these Hollywood meetings, it feel good to be up to know, well, if y'all do say no, I'm so up in what I'm doing with social media and everything. It don't matter. So you won't, that feeling takes away anxiety, worry, and stress. Well, there's, there's, you know, there's an interesting sort of correlator to what you're saying that we, we, this word came up a few minutes ago, but I'm going to shine a little light on it, which is freedom. You, when you're, when you're squared up, you're, you're not lying. You're not worrying. You're not anxious. You're not, you're free. You're free to make choices. You're free to see things clearly. You're free. You're not worried about, you're not feeling guilt or shame about something. I mean, guilt and shame is an encumbrance. You are not free when you feel guilt and shame. Uh, so I really, it's a word that I did not realize I would would come off my lips so frequently as it has lately, but uh, it, it is it is a really important value, and I think we have uh, sort of trampled it and or sort of discarded it or, or made made it a much narrower concept than it should be. And I think what you're talking about broadens it out. Mm-hmm. It's freedom because that's if you feel like you got to do something, man, that's not free. Mm-hmm. So you want to put yourself in a position where you stay in a position where it don't matter. But people think people think that you know if you have moral encumbrances, let's say you're, you're living by a moral code that is sort of tight, you know, a tight moral code, that that's somehow not free. No, that's what frees you. That's what mm-hmm. makes you free. Live yeah. a certain kind of life because you're free from guilt, free from shame. Live, live. There's you know one sort of. Uh, I'm sure you'll relate to this. Uh, Kant had this first principle idea that essentially live your life as though people are watching it at all times. You know, mm-hmm. so you're like every choice you make could be a universal principle, a good one. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and you and you mentioned love thy neighbor. Yep, there you go. That, that, now you're on your way, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's what it's about, man. And uh, that hits it on the head. Everybody wants to be free because it's funner to be around when people are not free. You know, uh, you can feel the anxiety and stress on them. I think we all need to free ourselves and and don't worry. And we can't handle it. We can't do nothing about it, man. Let it go and 
stay up because when you have, even if you don't have, it ain't all about finances. When you have that attitude, for some reason, people just don't bother you. I I, I scream Jesus so much. You know, most people when you when you scream Jesus, sometimes when you put it on television and stuff, they just they they not against it, but they be like, you know, it just calls. We don't do the religion, or or, or they they uh, censor it. They just they just they block so the word doesn't come through on the sound. I went on. I'm so loud with it. People, <laughs> I went on Good Morning America. The first thing they zoom in is my Jesus piece. <laughs> I my managers, it, it's it's. I got people around me that believe in the different things. Mm. They, I believe in it so strong that things they said couldn't happen. Well, Wayne's different because I stand on it. When you stand on something, people assume respect it. We could, we can, we could, we, we can uh, agree to disagree. People could believe yeah. in whatever. But I love when you love something so strong, people tend to start loving it with you. And, um, and back to that concept again that we, we mentioned a few minutes ago. And and I and I again, I I want to give people the freedom to arrive at their own sense of whatever it is, you know, whatever that is for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see what it is for you, and it's a model for what other people should look for. It seems to me, but yeah, you know, it's definitely. infectious, as you say. You know, it's infectious, man. Uh, yeah. So that's what it's about, man. And, and, and free people are going to free a free person mm. is always going to free others. Well, Wayne, I look forward to what comes next for you and whatever I can support. Uh, please, you'll let me. Uh, I, at this point, it's the book. I think if if uh, people have not uh, gotten the message, it's certainly in the book. Help is on the way. And I, I recommend it most highly. I think you got a little taste of Wayne here, but uh, there's more in the book. And you can visit him regularly in these chapters. And the, my, all the same stuff is here but laid yes. out great detail. And I thank you for, for providing such a platform for me to come on and being able to have such a, uh, man, this is a great interview. You know, I feel like the spirit touched you to say everything that could be said. And I really appreciate it, man. I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Well, it's, it's my privilege. And, and I feel like we'll, I feel like we'll do some stuff down the road. Like I go sure. something into you know, this. We, I understand you so well, and I'm so, um, taken that this kind of thing is the solution for our time. So I, I, I'll be looking out for stuff. So thank you, man. I really appreciate it. All right, my friend. Uh, is there a website you want to send people to? Oh, countrywayne.com with the K, K O U N T R Y, Wayne, W A Y N E.com, and Google me online. And man, you'll see everything, everything I'm talking about. You'll be able to see it and follow my journey from here now. Great. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, thanks. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. See what hit blockbusters are streaming free during Popcorn Summer Movies on Pluto TV. Watch the first four Indiana Jones movies, or Minari, and Maid of Honor. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies, available on live and on demand. Download Pluto TV on all your favorite devices for free. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.